Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torby. And I'm Pete Torby. We're untapped market. You know, if you want some employees, you got some people that's willing to work who are natural problem solvers, be your dedicated employees, we're adaptable. So basically those are the major skills that business owners look for in employees, and you already get it from a person who's buying their vision impaired because we do those things on a daily basis, and we just want a chance to show show our worth and can contribute to the success of your company. And as you can probably tell from that intro, the untapped market is people who are visually impaired who, as we all know, are very underemployed compared to the rest of the population. We'll speak with Welby Broadus, author of the recently published Leading Blind Without Vision, The Benefits of Hiring the Blind and Visually Impaired. He wrote this book to educate business owners, executives, human resources, professionals, etc., on the benefits of hiring individuals who are blind or visually impaired, but it's also got a lot of useful information for the people looking for jobs. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Welby Broadus. Be true to yourself and know your worth, and don't be afraid to put yourself out there to let employers know who you are, and to just be totally honest and let them know that your skills outshine your vision impairment because you're getting a good, good employee. So stay focused and be true to yourself. Just one of those great pieces of advice for the people seeking jobs. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by Envision Glasses, a smart glasses solution that helps visually impaired people read text, recognize objects, make video calls, and much more. Information and demos are available at CSUN booth number 1011 or at com slash glasses. And by APHConnectCenter.org, empowering people toward independence and success by providing blogs, information, and resources for individuals of all ages who are blind or visually impaired. Information and referral line are at 1-800-232-5463. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Let's start by meeting Welby and learning about his business. Hi, my name is Welby Broadus, and I'm the author of a book that just came out in December called Leading Blind Without Vision, The Benefits of Hiring the Blind and Visually Impaired. And um, along with that, also, I'm a business owner. My business is called Broadus Business Solutions. It's a, a business consulting company, and I'm located here in Akron, Ohio. Also, I am legally blind. I am visually impaired. And that was the reason why I want to write this book, because of my experience I had with trying to find employment over the years. And I felt that if I had an issue with it, then other people who are blind and visually impaired might be going through the same type of things. Well, as our listeners know, unemployment among the visually impaired is rampant. And so although your book is geared towards prospective hiring managers, we figured there was going to be a lot of great information in there that a blind person looking for a job could use to advance their case. 
and hopefully have more success getting hired. Yes. It, it, it's good for HR professionals and business owners, but people who are blind and vision impaired, they can get a lot from the book as well as a resource so they can go in and know what to ask for and what to expect and what should not be done to them in employment and while they're trying to find employment. Now, you mentioned your consulting company, and that happens to be particularly relevant to the topic that we're talking about today. Can you tell us a little bit about what your consulting company does? My business is called Broadest Business Solutions, and we are a business consulting company, and we assist business owners in, in getting their business successful. And one thing I do, I help them do marketing plans. Um, I help them do, get their business actually registered with their, their state's, state um, legislation office to become a, like an LLC or incorporated, things like that. And one service I do offer, I do is called we call it the business the business think tank, and we meet twice a month. And what I do is like a group of business owners, and we talk about issues they may have in a job, and we help each other resolve the issues that they have, and we bring tips to each other to help each other be successful in business. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is what the benefits are of hiring a person with a visual impairment and how a blind person can use some of those points to get himself or herself hired. Well, Weldy, as you mentioned in the introduction, you have a consulting company that is directly tied to businesses, and you have a lot of dialogue with business owners and people who run businesses, and that's very helpful to your experiences in trying to find employment for the blind, which is what your book is about. Maybe you can give us a quick summary of your book and why people should be interested in reading it. Okay. My book, is, is it teaches business owners, HR professionals, and anybody who's looking to employ people who have blind or vision impaired, even people anybody with any type of disability, is a resource to teach them on the steps you can take to actually onboard somebody who's blind or vision impaired into the workforce. And also is geared to help you learn what the skill set that, that our population with blind or vision impaired will bring to an employer. I mean, for example, we are blind or vision impaired people. We are natural problem solvers on a daily basis because the world is not set up for us. So we have to navigate through a world that's not set up for us on a daily basis. And we have to actually problem solve and plan for that. It's not just like I can go out the door and go around the corner as if somebody who has sight can do. I have to figure out where I'm going, navigate how I'm going to get there, and figure out the best route to do those type of things. And also, in the, in, in the meantime, we have to navigate through the obstacles that's in, that's in, in, in our, our walkway on a daily basis. So I wanted this book to be able to, to teach those people what we can do and the benefits of hiring us and let them know that their fears is something that they, they can really overcome just by reading this book and educate themselves on what it takes to hire somebody who's blind and vision impaired. What I thought was particularly interesting about your book is, is that it is geared to the business community. There are so many books written for visually impaired folks that are geared to the visually impaired themselves and how they can be more productive or find more rewarding careers, how they can change or get some skills that can help them in their journey. But this is written from the other side. And I always think that part of the hiring problem is people's perception of visually impaired people and what they can and cannot do. There's a lot of ignorance there. Yes. Doing my research, what I found out 
one of the biggest problems that they don't hire a blind or visually impaired person is their fear, the fear of the unknown, I, I would say. A lot of times they don't know what we're capable of doing, but they don't want to take the chance and figure it out. And a lot of perceptions that they have is, well, pretty much all the perceptions that they have is totally wrong. Here's one. Some business owners and HR professionals think that if they hire somebody who's blind or visually impaired, they think they have to have somebody sit over them while they do their job every day. That's not the case. Yes, that is a perception of many sighted people who haven't dealt with visually impaired people in the past. Right. Yeah. And so what they don't understand in that circumstance, actually, what employers really don't know, for example, if they use any type of like Microsoft Office or anything packaged like that, they already come with accessibility technology on the system that they're just not using. So a lot of times, like for me, for example, I'm visually impaired. I have sight. I, I enlarge my screen through Microsoft Office, and sometimes I use to speak through Microsoft Office as well. And that's all pretty much I really need on the job, unless I get something really small. Then I have magnifiers at my desk that I use as well that I, get, I can use when I do really small print and things like that. So that's what that employers don't realize. A lot of times they already have the accessibility technology in place. They're just not assessing it, I guess. That's true. A lot of this access technology is built into the devices that we're already using these days. In the old days, you had to buy some special equipment to be able to do that. But these days, it's a lot easier, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, because I, I know when um, when I first started going to college, I had Zoom Tech. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, yes, it's a magnification program for PCs for people who don't know. Yeah, I used that in college. And back then, it was word perfect. So I'm telling my age. But were perfect on the computer, and I was so fascinated. I was like, wow, Every it, it tells me everything on the screen, which was very helpful, and it magnifies everything. That was great. But now that's all, um, automatic with any type of modern-day technology today. You automatically get that. You just have to access it. Yes. So you were very lucky, Pete, actually, both of us. Pete is totally blind, and I'm fully sighted. But over the years, I had problems with carpal tunnel as well, and we both worked for Xerox Corporation, which even before the ADA was passed, always had a commitment that they would make whatever accommodations were necessary so that any employee could do their job. So where they were buying me a new mouse that didn't hurt as bad, they were buying Pete screen readers in the early days, magnifiers, whatever, you know, braille displays, the whole smash. Now the ADA enforces that, but as you said, an awful lot of this access technology is built in, and it doesn't cost the employer anything. No, it really doesn't. It's a great thing now. I mean, I, I like I said, I remember the time you would have asked for things, and there was times, me being a visual parent, I was too afraid to ask because I didn't want to be that guy. Well, he, he asked too much. We need to forget somebody else. And I think, and one reason I wrote this book is because I, I've been a visual parent person. When you get a job, it's like all the blind and visual parent people are dependent on my success and it's coming for the next person to get hired. Yes. So I didn't want to be that guy to say, hey, well, I need this. And then they said, well, he needs too much. We got to let him go. We're not going to hire nobody else who's blind or vision impaired. So I didn't want to be that guy. So I, I would do things on my own to make it my, my things work a lot of times, a lot speaking up for myself. Which was very nice of you, but you should not have had to do that. Correct. But you also bring out those other points in the book to make sighted business managers aware of the fact that statistics show that 
blind employees, officially impaired employees tend to be more loyal, stay on the job longer with less turnaround. And it may be particularly because they're working harder because they know the odds against them. And uh, that can work to an employer's benefit. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, when I do my research in the book, is is a study came out from Walgreens. Walgreens had done this. They created this new facility. I think it's in South Carolina. And this facility, they they, they set it up to be accessible for people with disabilities. Now they didn't hire everybody with disability. They had people who were just had disability and non non disability people was working there as well. And come what they found out is that the employees who were had disabilities were more loyal, had less accidents, and they had, I think it was better attendance than, than their, their non-disabled employees had. And what, you, what people understand, even like what's going on now with the COVID, now a lot of people are not going back to work and things like this. This is a great time for employers to take a chance and hire somebody who's blind and vision impaired because I pretty much guarantee if that person really wants to work, they're going to be there every day because they know if I lose this job or my next job, I might, it might be a long time for now because nobody's going to give me a chance. Mm-hmm. But like you said, those are things that the employers never know, and that's part of that they fear. But when they do statistics like that, it shows that we are great employees. And another stat that I found out in doing some other research is that we're less accident-prone on the job than, than a non-disabled person. We do tend to be more careful because we know the trouble we can run into if we're not sometimes. Right, right. And I think it comes from, I don't know if you like me, but I went through some accessibility training and stuff when I was a teenager to determine what type of jobs would be best for me with my vision. And they teach you those types of things. We, we learn those safety tips just to deal with our, day, our daily life. So we going to a job is no different than what we're doing at home, walking down the street. So it stays with us all the time. Well, besides pointing out many of these positive aspects or benefits of hiring visually impaired people in your book, very specifically to sighted employers, you also make it easy for sighted employers to know where to get resources to help out their visually impaired employees and where they can get particular services to help out. So they don't have to do it all on their own. Right. I grew up through the, through the here in Ohio. And actually, when I started signing, it was Visual Services for the Visually Impaired, VSBI. And they helped me get through college. They helped me find a job. They provided me with computers. They even bought glasses for me at times. And I noticed that they always worked with, and they had employers that they worked with, job coaches that they helped us get jobs. So when I started doing my research for the book, I said, you know, that's, that's a great resource for the employers to go to, especially when they don't understand what we're capable of doing. They can learn and then they can also get basically skilled, skilled workers who are capable of doing the job that are, that are already been identified, the type of skills that they have to perform the jobs that the employer may be looking for. So I think it's a win-win for everybody if they partner with state agencies. Right. And that's a great idea because, as I said before, you know, many cited employers haven't had experience with visually impaired employees. And even if they're receptive to the idea of hiring visually impaired people, they may not know how to overcome certain challenges or problems and what resources might be necessary, but partnering with some of these other agencies and knowing about them can help solve those problems for them. Yes, it, it really does. And really, they don't even have to do the legwork. The agency will, will say, hey, you need somebody who can who can type, well, I have this person, they can do this. this you know, they, they basically get an, get an employee that they really don't have to train Maybe just teach them their their procedure within the company, 
as far as actually performing the job, it's already a, a done deal because that that person that the state agency will bring is going to be somebody they know that can qualify to do the work. They just need a chance. So the person we spoke with last week actually had an arrangement with her state agency where they helped her get her foot in the door at a company and they paid her wages for the first couple of months. So it was a no-risk situation for the company until they got to see the quality of work that she was doing. And then they said, oh, she may not be able to see much, but she can do the job. So they kept her on. Right. I was reading an article when I was researching my book. I think it was, it was in um, the New York Daily News. It was an HR professional. And his company, he went and talked to his executives at his company. because They they said that we need to be, be more diverse. We need to bring in more people with disabilities and all, all different type, type of backgrounds. So he convinced his, his leadership at his company to bring in some interns that was totally blind. And what he found out, that those two interns that he brought in was sufficient in doing the job, just like everybody else. They never they, they never gave them any type of like grace period or leniency on what they could do. They held them accountable just like every, everybody else. And they outperformed the regular sighted employees when they started working for the company. So that brings up an interesting question. You're writing this book for hiring professionals, whether it's HR or the hiring manager or whatever. At what step of the process do you anticipate that the hiring people will get hold of your book and have it do any good? You know, is this something that you expect the hiring people at every major corporation to read, or are you expecting the blind job candidate to bring it with them to an interview and say, here, if you read this, you'll know why I'm terrific? So I'm expecting the the HR professional at first to, to, to see this book or, or let me come do some type of training or give a present, give a speech. And they take it back to the executives who makes the decisions, because if you get buy-in from the executives, then everybody in the company needs to be as buy-in. And I interviewed a lady, her name is Meg O'Connell. She deals a lot with diversity, equity, inclusion for people with disabilities. And in my interview, she said, everybody in the organization should be have diversity training to deal with people who are blind or vision impaired or any type of disability. So everybody should be on board on how to, to use accessibility technology to assist somebody who is blind or vision impaired. And you do also mention that in your book, the power and benefits of having a diverse workforce for exactly those types of reasons. When you have diversity in your workforce, your products are addressing the needs of a wider audience. Yeah. Yeah. And stats show that if you have a more diverse workforce, productivity goes up with everybody in the company. And I think one of the reasons why is, you know, we all know somebody who has a disability. It may not be somebody blind or vision impaired, but we all know somebody who has a disability and that they, they feel compassionate with you because now they see what their friend or their relative might be going through. And it makes them feel more, more compassionate to, to help everybody be, be productive, even assist you when you need help. Cause we all need help. Even if people who are not disabled need help sometimes. So it is like a team effort. And I think that, that goes a long way within the company for productivity and morale with employees and increase your product or your service, your income. But that's the key for any business to make money. Yes, absolutely. My other thought when reading your book was, although it was 
primarily aimed at HR professionals, it probably is a good thing for the visually impaired employees themselves to read your book, to become familiar with some of these concepts. I would imagine when they get an interview, they get asked these tough questions and they're talking to people who are kind of skeptical about hiring them. And if they have some of these arguments in their back pocket of why it's good to hire a visually impaired person, it could help their job prospects. Yes, I agree with that. Also, I think that a person who's blind or visually impaired have a book just so they know the laws themselves. You know, a lot of times we go on a job and we just want the job. So we answer any questions they ask. But there are certain questions they cannot ask us. Like, for example, unless I'm hired on the job, you can't ask me with your vision, will you be able to do this? You can't ask those type of questions. Or I don't know if you'd be able to do this job because you're visually impaired. You know, those type of statements are discriminatory. And I go against ADA guidelines. That's wrong. But you'll find that a lot of people blind and visually impaired, they might not know the law or they're just so anxious to get the job because I was that person. But you know, they they, they, they didn't say anything they want to. Then nine times out of 10, they don't even get the job anyway because they found out the answer to those questions or they felt some type of way, well, I'm not the person to be able to do the job. Maybe you shouldn't hire them. I don't want to take a risk. Well, boy, I would think it would go better if those questions do get asked so that the visually impaired job candidate has an opportunity to answer them to the satisfaction of the hiring people. You know, to say, well, I understand your concern, but this is why that's not a problem. Yeah. From my experience, when those quick, I'm going to give you an example. I'm not going to say the company name, but it's a, it's a national organization, nonprofit organization here in the United States. And I applied for a job with the company. And I went to this interview. And basically, I applied for a job that I job that I was already, I was already doing for another company. I just wanted to move up to another, hire a bigger organization to do, do, those, do that same job. And at that time, I had eight years experience of doing this type of work. So when I went to this interview, I met, sat down with a lady and she we was talking and and I was telling like all these things I could do, ideas we could bring to the company, make it work for the, for the, for the people that we serve. And it was writing this stuff down. Oh, that's great. This is great. And so, you know, you go through the interview and at the end, they always ask anything else you want to tell us. And this is a question that I always know is going to be, it's coming, it's going to be asked. I'm so nervous when it does, it is asked just from being vision impaired. So when she asked that question, I said, well, there's one other thing. I'm vision impaired. I'm considered legally blind by government standards and, um, I don't drive, but that, that will not affect me from doing this job because I've been doing this job for eight years and I have no problem. It was like playing a game Pac-Man. You got to play a game Pac-Man. So when I, when I said that, I could just tell it was like game over. And so their whole tone changed after that. And then I didn't get the job. It, I don't know if you guys experience it, but it's a feeling you get. You just know, like, well, that's it. I'm not getting this job. They loved me at first, but when I said that, that ended everything. Mm-hmm. That's really too bad. That is sad that the world is still like that. And we sincerely hope that getting your book into the right hands will help mitigate that problem. Well, I, I appreciate it. Yes, I think, yeah. Like, like you guys said, I think anybody who's buying a visual pair, anybody with any type of disability, this is a good book that you to have with you to learn what your rights are. You know, it's not every day that somebody talks about rights for blind, visual pair, anybody with a disability. Like the, the biggest topic going on now is like diversity, equity, inclusion, but you never hear anything about us. 
it's all about, you know, it's either race, sexual orientation, things like that. But nobody talks about the blind and visually impaired community or anybody with a disability, but us more so because our unemployment rate on a regular basis, no matter what's going on, the economy's good, the economy's bad, is 70%. And nobody really addresses that. Well, hopefully this book will help change that. I hope so. Is there anything we missed, Welby? I just want everybody to know that we're an untapped market. You know, if you want some employees, you got some people that's willing to work who are natural problem solvers, be your dedicated employees, we're adaptable. So basically those are the major skills that business owners look for in employees, and you already get it from a person who's buying their vision impaired because we do those things on a daily basis that can contribute to the success of your company. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how you can reach Welby Broadus and how you can get his new book. Well, Welby, tell us where people can get this book of yours. So it's online at Amazon.com. You can get it, you can get it at Barnes & Noble, pretty much any, any website that, sell, that sells books. And remind us of the name of the book again. It's called Leading Blind Without Vision, The Benefits of Hiring a Blind and Vision Impaired. What formats is your book available in? It's in paperback, it's ebook, and then I'm, I'll be doing an audible book. As read by the author? Yeah, yeah. Are there any other resources that you would suggest people look at? Yeah, um, other resources I would look at is for one, I would contact your local state blind and vision impaired agency. If it's not, it's going to be the disability service agency. Like on Ohio, we have both. A lot of states may just have one rehabilitation agency and work with those, those aid to contact those and get a counselor. They can assist you with an appointment, any technology you may need, they can help you with. And also find if there's a local like blind center or something like that, like Chicago Lighthouse of the Blind, places like that, reach out to them, assist you. And other resources, and if you know you are interested in being, get, have somebody come and do a presentation or, or anything like that, training, consulting, things like that, you can reach me on my website, which is broadestbizsoul.com, and just leave a message in the, in the contact section over there, and I'll get back with you. Can you spell your website? Yeah, it, it's spelled as B-R-O-A-D-D-U-S-B-I-Z. S-O-L.com. And then you just said the best way for people to reach you is using the contact form on that website. Correct. Yes, there's a contact form on that website, and it comes right to me, and I always respond back to everybody. Do you have a phone number or a social media presence you wanted to share? Yep. I'm on Twitter, Broadest BSO. I'm on Facebook. It's also Broadest BSO. And you can find me on LinkedIn, Broadest BSO. And you can shoot me an email as well. And that's broadestbizsoul at gmail.com. And as usual, you can find all of that contact information in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. And since unemployment is such a big issue for those who are visually impaired, we've done lots of previous episodes of Eyes on Success, some of which you might want to listen to. If you're looking for those shows, make use of the search field on our website and just enter the term employment or careers. 
That's it for show number 2210. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about physical fitness. Is your visual impairment keeping you from exercising and being as active as you would like? If so, this is the book for you. We'll speak with Judy Dixon and Bonnie Day about their new book, Your Personal Path to Fitness, and some of the fitness opportunities that are available to people who are blind or low vision. I'm sweating just thinking about it. But seriously, exercise is a great thing. And if you want to hear more about that, tune into next week's episode. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.